Hey, how you doing, listeners? This is uh, another episode of uh, Serving Up Comics. I'm uh, doing this kind of uh, special episode where we're doing a retrospective of the movie Donnie Darko for its anniversary, which I'm a fan of, as you could see this tattoo if you're watching on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I believe that it is now 22 years since it came out. Um, some of the content uh, we're doing right now uh, is to reflect the strike going on. So uh, we're avoiding talking about certain movies, but older older movies we can. They're struck free. But yeah, I just want to put that out there. We are fully for the strike. But I have uh, my good friend uh, Jack from that 90s Spider-Man show to talk about uh, Donnie Darko, who's also a huge mega fan like me. How you doing, Jack? Uh, I'm doing really good. I don't have a t-shirt and I don't have a tattoo, but it's just a matter of time, you know? Yeah, yeah, give it time. Um, so yeah, uh, tell us a little about yourself, just for any listeners. Uh, it's your first time listening to that when when you get started yeah yeah um uh so uh i i run a podcast with uh, a friend henry who um is has also been on this podcast as well um we it's called that nice spider-man show where we talk about spider-man the animated series and then i kind of give the comic background as well mm-hmm. and we just talk shit about it uh yeah. have fun with it um and uh as well as that i'm just like a bit of a film geek um mm-hmm. and um done some writing on film and uh i tell you what uh this donnie duck is kind of like my origin story oh okay mm. <laughs> like like i i was really like as uh i was just thinking about it uh from like you know preparing for this and i was mm-hmm. just realizing how like it came about at a certain time and it was kind of what got me interested in like thinking about movies in a different way mm-hmm. um and uh and yeah so it's like a perfect one to come on and talk to you guys about you know yeah. Uh, yeah. So, some non-spider-man related content right <laughs> yeah even though uh i guess jake jolna almost played spider-man right right yeah yeah, yeah. he almost mm-hmm. played him and then uh he's mysterio and uh i guess he might be reed richards That's oh is one. that is that the yeah. new that's like the new the new (laughs) the three re richards that you have going on right now but yeah i was also going to say the movie um is also kind of like a comic book it's very comic booky too right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah mm -hmm. and uh i uh that that comes up a lot in what i'm sure we're going to discuss uh soon enough but in the director's cut um what what one of the things i i um i did uh, in preparation for this which i was really glad i you know had this reason to because i never listen to commentaries and whenever mm-hmm. i do i'm always really glad i did oh, um, okay. and i listened to the commentary by uh the director richard kelly mm-hmm. and kevin smith kevin smith um, yeah which it was like was a <laughs> surprising addition yeah I listened to that commentary i guess like well kevin really likes that movie apparently yeah and yeah. uh it, it's quite interesting because he's a good foil to mm-hmm. kelly because he's the one there being like asking him questions and being like what's this about and then when he gives a complicated answer being like no it's not about that i disagree <laughs> yeah um so but uh one of the things they talk about is like uh like uh kelly describes a lot of the the plot stuff in this like the sci-fi parts of it like uh, as comic book 
mm. science, you know, that mm -hmm. having that kind of element to it. Um, mm -hmm. So it's interesting you bring that up. Yeah, I, I mean, it, you know, there's stuff like where it's like his initials are like, you know, the same letter, which you find out in, a, we find in comic books a lot, like, you know, Reed yeah. Richards, Bruce Banner. It's to remember yeah, them. Yeah, Peter Parker, yeah. It's to remember their names easier, apparently. That's 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 what I've heard. Yeah, I think it, that and also for Stanley to remember what book he's writing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was writing like six or seven at the same time. <laughs> they all blend together. I love uh, the comics when you're like reading that period where it's like you could tell the ones that he's not trying too hard on. Mm -hmm. Like Daredevil. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And the... Uh, uh... The, the, I can't remember which one it is, but one of the early Spider-Man issues where he accidentally calls him Peter Palmer. In oh, one yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of comic book stuff for it. I mean, it's kind of a superhero story. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, it kind of... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he has superpowers. We'll get into that, uh, I guess, when we try <laughs> to explain stuff. Um, it's great. The great thing about Donnie Darko uh -huh. is that you could be a huge fan of it and then hear what you just said and be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He? Yeah. Or you can be nodding your head furiously. The, uh, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was going to ask. So your first watch of it, because um, it's like that movie, I think it did better like in uh, overseas. So like in London, especially it really mm -hmm. uh, it really um, hit over there because it's like you had the. Um, what's the song? It's like Mad World, but the yeah. cover went really like high on the charts, mm -hmm. and then yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's like maybe that that movie was like a little appreciate. I don't know for some reason it was more appreciated over there, but like, uh, mm -hmm. did you like watch it like on a DVD or VHS or in an actual theater? Uh, well, um, I'm yet to see it in a the theater actually. Oh. Uh, so, so there is a cinema playing it um in uh in a few weeks time so i Ooh. am gonna hope to to catch mm -hmm. that um because i do i do think it would be a great cinema watch um so i i guess like the first inkling of that i got was that song um mm. because that song was huge and i remember it coming out i remember loving it um i was quite young uh i i was too young to see it in the cinema yeah but my i i don't when the song came out, i had no idea it was related to the movie at all um but my first interaction with the movie um was uh i watched it on like some tv channel like late at night oh, which okay. i also feel is like a it, it just feels very fitting for that you yes know? yeah it does uh finding something that's on at about 11 p.m midnight and being like what is this um I'd also seen these TV ads for it, which, you know, just getting like a, uh, like TV ads for the TV broadcast of it. Oh, okay. um, uh, where it's just, you know, uh, 20, 30 seconds, which growing up was, you know, prior to YouTube. Um, yeah. And also not necessarily going to the cinema as much mm -hmm. at that age. Like, uh, that was primarily how I found out about movies and that was where you see this imagery for the first time and i remember seeing you know just this quick cut uh trailer for it and just seeing mm -hmm. the image of frank uh and seeing they made me do it yeah. uh graffitied on the floor mm -hmm. and just being 
so fascinating to me. Like I ha- I don't know what this is about. I have no clue, but I have to see this. Like there's something really special happening yeah. in this. And I need to go and figure it out. Um and despite watching it like many times since then, I think it still kind of has that draw, that mm-hmm. like kind of like mysterious kind of like pull to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like uh yeah, watching it late at night is uh, pretty cool, I would imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you know, kind of like uh it's like a, a for lack of a better term, it's like the mystery box sort of thing, but like done better. That is uh right, JJ yeah. Abrams esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. How did no, you first see it? Oh yeah, so my first time watching it was uh my friend uh in high school. I think it was like senior year um it's like we were making movies and stuff for our classes and everything and then i think it was like the second or third week before we all graduated he was like oh you know gotta you gotta see this movie because it's like if you're making movies and everything i think this would uh really fit you so he lent me his uh dvd uh director's cut special edition but he told me oh, to okay. watch. yeah he told me to watch uh the regular cut and then the director's cut so it's mm-hmm. like just to like see it i guess i don't know kind of like how someone would probably because the director's cut came um like three years after i believe right mm-hmm. and uh yeah no i was just i was i was really um i was really like wowed by it i guess you know the uh movie itself just enjoyed um it was like really fascinating uh it felt like a really cool way um i guess because it's like we we're all graduating it felt really like um I guess like a good way to go out in terms of like high school because it's like mm-hmm. I don't know like a movie ver- it's like Catcher in the Rye almost where it's like oh everything makes sense or whatever it like <laughs> explains everything sort of like how you're feeling I guess in mm-hmm. high school and uh yeah no he just lent me I watched it um yeah I watched it like the day of he gave it to me I wouldn't like really wanted mm-hmm. to see it I didn't really know about it um too much so it's kind of like a fresh watch but yeah, that was like one of the movies where it's like um with like two thousand one or like the Evil Dead or Night of the Living Dead, where it's like, oh man, I really want to like work in this sort of field, you know. Movies are great. Yeah. Yeah, or they can be, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like my uh sort of origin story for the movie. So yeah, and it was like probably like seventeen or something. So good memory. I remember so, watching that. Yeah. So did you watch the theatrical and the direct just cut like quite close together yeah i wouldn't say it's like it was like one after the other but like yeah probably like a day between and i'm like oh this makes more sense now yeah because i i think for me i because i'd seen it on tv and then mm-hmm. the second time i went to watch when i went to get the dvd uh i bought the director's cut which um at least the version i got doesn't have the theatrical cut on it uh just the oh. director's cut yeah um and i that was then the one that I rewatched a lot. Um, mm. And so I, I think at the time I wasn't even, I didn't even really know like what that meant to, to what the director's cut was yeah. adding, what the fans were thinking about it, yeah. the cult of Donnie Dark or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that was like my primary experience with it, um, especially, uh, and, and that was it then, because I guess I was quite young when I first saw it, but then, the time I spent with it where I was like rewatching it all the time and it became my favorite movie yeah. was 
was in this period where it was like, uh, you know, I was a teenager, you know, and I was Ooh. going to high school. And I think it's a, and, and like, I think the reason why it worked for when you watched it as well, it's a really good, like, teenage story. Yeah. Uh, it captures yeah. so many <laughs> things you go through and feelings you have, questions you ask. Um, and I remember being a teenager and being so frustrated with all the media I saw about teenagers mm -hmm. because I was like, it was all very like a fantasy of being a teenager. Yeah. Um, and while this isn't exactly like the most grounded uh, movie, there's some crazy stuff that happens in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's also like got like quite like a, I felt like a, a realistic uh, depiction of like high school. Um, and it helped that like, aside from like, uh, creepy hallucinations. Yeah. I like. I pretty much was Donnie Darko oh, <laughs> in high okay. school. You know, yeah. I was. Uh, I was when I was rewatching it. Like when he starts talking about like, uh, like wanting to be a writer. Uh, oh, mm. maybe I'll be a painter. And it's just there's just so many things where I was mm. like, the crossover is just so much uh, with my teen years that uh, it's not surprising that I like related really hard to it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know a uh, teenager you, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but like, um, yeah, no, it's like, yeah, I think it's like it covers the angst of it really well, you know? It's like, has like, you know, yeah, no, like you're saying, like, it's like stuff where it's like, you know, Donnie and, Donnie and his sister, and they're like calling each other like fuck asses or something, you know? Like, that's really like authentic. I feel which, like you wouldn't see in anything else, you know? just like that sort of like rapport or like you know how he is with the parents or yeah it's i think like, mm -hmm. i think it's it, all around it's like very grounded it all feels very real uh yeah the supporting <laughs> yeah yeah the supporting cast are just all so good but also like the um i feel like those characters all have like their own stories going on that you get snippets of and they all feel yeah. like real people you know like the frustrated teacher mm -hmm. or the the mom who doesn't know how to handle her kid and drinks a lot of wine yeah <laughs> the dad who laughs at inappropriate moments mm -hmm. uh, and is like going hard for george bush <laughs> yeah you oh know? yeah that's, that's yeah <laughs> that's true it's like an election year yeah it's very like time yeah it's very like has like covers a time period really well yeah mm -hmm. yeah no one yeah no one was uh voting for dukakis that year <laughs> but um oh yeah i know the sporting cast is great it's also like a who's who of like like uh people that go on to do something else like seth rogan's in it uh, yeah crazy yeah. uh was it uh alex greenwald from uh phantom planet yeah phantom planet uh, <laughs> i i only found, <laughs> i only mm -hmm. found that out this year oh but, yeah i think uh, i told you yeah just yeah 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 that was it uh just like making that connection uh of, of like the guy in phantom planet is the guy who uh Boys. says hey you fuck yeah <laughs> donny in the bathroom and holds a knife to his throat yeah very strange he, yeah i think he's the best actor <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know he's uh in the movie mm -hmm. yeah but, yeah i mean it was i guess it's kind of a one note part um mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some iconic lines like Seth Rogen saying, I like your boobs. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, some kids <laughs> said that. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's, like, uh, it's cool to see, like, the impact it had on you as well. Um, you know, because it's, like, it didn't, like, make you get into, like, more, like, cold films or, like, independent sort of stuff, you know? 
I think at that point, I'd only really been watching like big movies and mm-hmm. uh, stuff that was meant to be for my age. Yeah. Um. So, uh, it was, it was interesting to watch something that had intrigued me because it looked like scary and just generally mm. like spooky from the trailers to realizing like seeing it like reflecting like parts of being a teenager that I really related yeah. to, but then it kind of takes you into such a weird place where like the idea of like, uh, movies using like, like implying things and using like imagery and not mm. spelling everything out. Um, yeah. And I think it like, it, it's a real, like, uh, it kind of start, started me on a path that ended me finding the movies I like more. And um, eventually, like, my favorite filmmaker is David Lynch. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and looking at it now, I'm like, I can see how I went from, like, uh, you know, liking Donnie Darko to finding other, like, like, another filmmaker who's, like, you know, dealing with, like, dreamlike yeah. thing. And it's where, like, like mm-hmm. where it's not all about, like, a, uh, like a linear, straightforward plot. Um Got to got to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, too. I mean, like, there's like stuff where it's like, yeah, they explain it more, like in a like a Lynch film. I think like even that, like, there's like enough information where you could mostly figure it out. I'm not saying like you know you can do it like all the way, but yeah, like even even this movie for Donnie, um, you know, in the regular cut, I think you could get by with like the information you have too, right? Yeah, I think, and that's uh. It is interesting, given that like the director's cut does, uh, does give you more like straightforward yeah. information. Yeah, cliff notes. Uh, yeah, and then going back and forth, um, it's it's a really interesting like pair of movies, um, to have like or p- pair of versions mm-hmm. because um, because I did I I probably watched the director's cut more than I had the theatrical one. Yeah. Um, to Same. the point where I, f- I forget that certain scenes aren't in the original cut or when I do watch it, uh, I don't know. It's funny because like uh, the theatrical cut is it almost like I don't, mm-hmm. the, the uh, scenes that I'm missing or, or shorter, I don't necessarily miss them. Yeah. Um, it does exactly what it needs to. And I don't think, I think it's a really good cut, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it works really well. Um but yeah, there's uh, the extra stuff is just so like burned into my brain. That is what Donnie Darko is. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, we'll go straight into that because it's like the the two cuts are like they have like interesting choices. Like um, it's mostly they're adding like deleted scenes of like you know sort of like context or you know there's also just stuff where it's like wholesome moments where it's like Donnie talking to his dad and his dad's just like giving him like a lot of uh, you know good affirmations where he's like you know fuck everyone else things like that that uh, that scene that mm-hmm. scene is is like maybe one of my favorites in the movie it's i love a, that yeah scene. it's a great yeah. one I lo- yeah i love that one too uh it's a it's a um holmes osborne is great in that movie mm-hmm. um, yeah i think the character is written really well there's lots of bits that are like he he brings in that sort of improvised apparently you know like oh, lines okay. here and there yeah like like you're not a bitch you're bitching but you're not a bitch it's, <laughs> it's just him on the spot yeah stuff like that, that and that i i really like that scene and i think the director's cut does add in these 
humanizing moments with their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, I think the theatrical has like an, just enough to make it work, but it is nice getting to see a one-on-one and, uh, and uh, like very real feeling like mm-hmm. parent son uh, conversations. Yeah. Like there's like stuff like that. And then, you know, they have the uh, chapter breaks sort of thing where it's like they go into the book of time travel, which is it's from right. an actual book they published where it's like the script book has all of that. So they just like put it in to kind of give you like, all right, this is what's happening right now. Just so you could stop asking. I think the, when people talk about the director's cut, cause I was just uh, trying to Google something earlier and I accidentally mm-hmm. came across Reddit posts where, and I was reminded how angry a lot of people are about the director's cut. Oh yeah. Uh, in terms of just like, you ruined the movie so <laughs> like the mystique um, of it or just like yeah like you shouldn't okay. have given these answers or the answers right. you gave were good enough that kind of thing okay. uh, and it and i just find it interesting that so many people associate the director's cut with those that those, those parts where the text comes up on a screen yeah um and i was curious what your take uh is on them because i'm oh personally yeah. i i i think they're interesting Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the way they're implemented in the film is not great. Um, yeah, it's a little just jarring. In sense, it's a little jarring, and there's no time I've ever watched it that I haven't paused it. <laughs> if you know <laughs> what I mean, yeah, because it's not something I process quickly enough. Oh, like reading the text and everything. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't have enough time to process it, but it also is so you know. Um, it t- it takes up enough time that is it it does kind of like break up the movie a bit, mm-hmm. uh, so I I wonder if there was like a maybe a a different way to implement them. Um, yeah, but I I guess like the only real real way would have been like at, at shooting an actual scene where characters are talking about it, which yeah. um reading which the I book. guess is which is <laughs> not uh, the sort of thing you do just for a director's cut. Yeah. Yeah, also, yeah, they probably, like, look all different, all the actors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I don't mind, though. Like, the chapter breaks, they are kind of, like, jarring. Um, I think for kind of taking away uh, sort of the mysteries of the movie, like, it was already in the book that was published before the director's cut. So, like, you know, it's all... There was an interactive website as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah, I don't think it, it, it's online anymore probably like got lost right. but yeah there there was yeah. a website where you could like access uh the book so like it was all out there it was all in the canon so you know people saying you know it takes away it's like it was already there it's just not in the actual movie you know i mean mm-hmm. it's not something like star wars where it's like you know this comic or this game where the show has to explain the sith troopers of exegol which the movie doesn't <laughs> explain they're just there or why mm-hmm. Palpatine's still alive? I'm sorry if you haven't seen uh, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I, I I still haven't finished watching oh. Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Just I'm, I I think I'm 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 maybe like halfway through it. Oh um, okay. What, uh, I don't what have a... it. I'm watching it piecemeal. Oh okay. <laughs> so, um, but I don't mind spoilers. Uh, oh sure. I mean, the sorry. internet is already is already given me plenty. Um, yeah. What a what a miserable movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh but but no but this yeah, uh, the, mm-hmm. uh the i do think that um uh 
the the director's cut kind of works it like uh the way kelly describes it is mm -hmm. as a like a sort of remixed version yeah and yeah. i think if you go into it thinking of it that that rather than like this is the true version yeah that and i think maybe the fact that it's just called director's cut is like there is this kind of idea that like he's going this is what they didn't want you to see mm -hmm. you know this is the real story i was trying to tell um but he does he does make a point of being like this is still kind of like my interpretation of it and what i wanted to present um yeah yeah and i think it works like that which is why like i'd say you watch the to like your friend said to watch the theatrical version first and then if you like it then go for the second mm -hmm. uh i think going into the second being even if you go in thinking like this is going to explain it i don't yeah. think it necessarily does yeah. or at least not in the way some people might hope it would mm -hmm. yeah i mean yeah i mean there's some stuff where it's like you know not completely explained or why this happens or whatever you know there's still like some mystique to it i would say you know mm -hmm. of like terms of like you know uh manipulated living or like why where does you yeah. know why does the timeline get into a tangent universe to begin with you'll never know it just does you know yeah i think you it, it you end up you end up just getting like very specific uh questions mm -hmm. from it that don't like quite uh hold it doesn't all hold up under scrutiny i think right. uh, there's certain leaps you have to make it does end it does feel like comic book logic where mm -hmm. it's like very cool concepts that are being thrown around but they don't necessarily um all like add up in like a it's not like watching primer or something where you know there's yeah. like you know this detailed like uh, -huh. uh like well i guess you you need a lot of work to make primer make sense but like yeah the, yeah there. Mm -hmm. uh whereas this there's definite parts where i mean i think it even comes up in the commentary where like if there's there's certain questions where he's just like it still comes down to oh well that's a mystery or that's uh yeah that's something which we can't know or, mm -hmm. or something uh which i think is good you know because it means that like the, it still like has that level of mystery to it yeah 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 no i i agree i agree because it's yeah i think like some stuff like you know you don't need to know like what's in the briefcase and like pulp fiction just mm -hmm. just a fucking mysterious briefcase you know yeah, yeah. and I, I think like all the stuff that like I like about the theatrical cut is still in the director's cut. Like when that, the stuff comes up about like, you know, the excerpts from the book, mm -hmm. you could take it as, okay, this is, you know, them explaining what's happening in the movie, but you could also take it as like, these are just excerpts from the book, which is present in the theatrical cut and that they do talk about. Um, and this is something that Donnie is reading. Yeah. You know? And I, and all the parts that I actually really like about the film are not the, so much the specific sci-fi elements but like mm -hmm. i can still see them and enjoy them even though this other stuff is happening as well yeah you know? yeah exactly i was going to say the only thing i can forgive are some of the music choices they change right are you not yeah. a fan uh i'm not a fan of so in the original version um it has the killing moon for the opening right mm -hmm. and yeah. then in the director's cut they change it to that in in xx song right yeah am i yeah. right okay yeah never tear us apart never tear us apart and then the killing moon just gets like changed to um like it's just on the radio at some point and i'm like god damn it i think it's they use don't they uh oh no they use it 
Is it like, in the party scene or something? The party or... scene, that's right. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's I it? think it under... gets shuffled or something, yeah. It gets shuffled under the Milky Way. gets like left out of completely because that's in the, the party scene originally under the Milky Way by... I forgot the name of the band, but that was a good uh, track. The, mm-hmm. the Church, I think. The Church, that's right, yeah. Yeah, like, I... I... Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, until you mentioned that one, okay, mm-hmm. that missing, that one missing, that hurts. Uh, yeah, because that song like, is excellent, and I did come song. across came across that song, and you know a lot of good songs through this soundtrack um, mm-hmm. for the first time. And um, I think, in general, though, I actually prefer the the music in the uh, director's cut. Um, oh, okay, all right. The only one that I think I don't like as much is. Um, in the, if I'm remembering right, the opening scene, like before mm. the uh, montage where the so- song actually starts, yeah, uh, director's cut is just they mix the audio of like the birds chirping like really, really high. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the original, it's a bit quieter, and they've also got some of the score as well. Uh, yeah, and that's that's one change that I don't like as much. Uh, mm-hmm. But I actually find it pretty difficult um to decide which i like more but i do think the nxs song works better for the yeah that opening montage still yeah i mean all the songs they have like a point you know they're kind of like they're like some of the lyrics or i guess some of the mood uh they're talking about like fade or like you know uh it's like was that the nxx song it says like fade against your will you know things like that and like was there like you know nice little touches to the soundtrack that, i felt yeah the, i think the 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 one thing i'm glad is present in both versions is uh head over heels the oh Tears yeah for fear song that, that's for so that, good. uh the school, the school opening montage which i think is there's a lot of se- sequences in this that are like some of my favorite uh mm-hmm. in in all movies really but yeah that is such a good scene setting you get mm-hmm. you get the information you need about so many yes. characters but just it just looks great. It just looks mm-hmm. so good, and with that song and starting like upside down and flipping around, like yeah, it's a, it's a great. Uh, there's a lot of really good needle drops in here that um, yes. are not um, needle. There's been a lot of uh, frankly garbage needle drops in the last like ten years. Yeah. I think uh, like look at, look the, at. Uh, mm-hmm. just like I'm thinking, you know. Some of the ones in like Captain Marvel, maybe. Oh yeah, uh, that. Was but gonna, you know, yeah, was th- there's say, a lot of worse offenders. Yeah, yeah look at any any Andy Muchetti movie, like the 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 Flash. Right. Yeah. The app. I'm not sure if you saw the Flash, but I was like, I did not see the Flash, but I did see It Chapter Two, which. Oh had, yeah. Uh, in- <laughs> it Chapter ones. Two. I remember when the clown or someone like pukes on someone, it starts playing like Angel in the Morning. I'm like, what do you do? I yeah, think that, that guy's like, worst. yeah. I think that guy's like an insane person in terms of like <laughs> the choices he makes and like his movies. Or if I don't yeah. know if you watch The Flash, that was like an insane. That was an insane movie. That's like one of the worst experiences yeah. I've had well, all year. All my knowledge of The Flash comes from the episode mm-hmm. uh, Diego and and, and oh, Matt did. Yeah, they also which, don't uh, like it yeah yeah and i i was like that's all i need is, yeah. is two people God. talking shit about it um mm-hmm. but no the the needle yes. drops in this are great because i think similarly to uh james gunn mm-hmm. um in the guardians movies well and 
a lot of his movies, um, having real purpose to the music. And I think uh, Kelly also like, uh, you know, writes the songs into the script or at least yeah. has them early on. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they're really like there to set the scene. They're not just, oh, we need a pop song. We need a rock song or something. And right. just pasting it over the top. It's like got a real uh, purpose behind it. Um, but they're also sort of songs which um, would have been like the kind of songs that maybe like Donnie Darko would have been listening to uh in was it 1989 yeah i think it's um yeah 89 that's correct i think they're all of the time period maybe one or two come out after but um okay yeah i think they're all they're all in the same yeah it's close enough it's yeah yeah (laughs) yeah some of that like yeah like oh who cares like this wasn't you know around it like 1985 Uh, shut up (laughs) it's like movie logic but um Yeah. yeah you know respect the differences of opinion for the well maybe the maybe, maybe that it, that song like traveled back in time or oh yeah there time. you go it's like uh <laughs> bioshock infinite right right yeah i mean yeah. there is there's there's a thing in the commentary they say which i know there is which is that there's like a tv broadcast where mm-hmm. it's like actually a it plays in the background of a scene but it's actually something from the 50s oh which, okay he like included as a way to show that there's things from other uh times that are like kind of breaking through into uh, whatever like Donnie's present is. Yeah. Which I the good thing about that is that if you don't care about that stuff, you can just be like, okay, there's something playing on the TV that is setting the yeah. the tone, you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um what what version of this movie would you recommend to people? Just Curious. uh yeah i i really think like uh i think the theatrical is is the way to go uh mm. and then directors if you if you want more if you want your remix version um because even though i probably like the director's cut more um i think that for a first time watch it's probably uh pretty overwhelming because yeah. the movie's not exactly like explaining everything Mm-hmm. in the theatrical version either so yeah it's kind of good to be able to go in and uh and have your own take on it yeah yeah i mean yeah i think i would agree as well yeah it'd be a good version to like uh you know sort of uh you know average viewer everything just start with that you know mm-hmm. yeah but uh i guess going into like extras how would you explain this movie to people if you had like trying to like pitch it to them or like you need to watch this because it's about time travel or like is it explainable or like uh i don't know it's just like a coming of age story for like loner weirdos (laughs) (laughs) yeah and if you if you self-identify as a loner weirdo Mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're a teenager i do think this like i mean maybe it's just because it was a formative thing for me but like i think watching it uh as a teenager uh like I, I i think i'd probably like watch it for the first time when i was like 12 and then continued watching it like mm. throughout my teens okay um i think that would be a good time to watch it um but like even as an adult i think like if you had that kind of experience um if you're just generally like philosophically minded it's kind mm. of like 
because that's kind of what like i mean there's a lot of sci-fi stuff going in it that you can yeah. explain yeah uh or at least try to explain yeah but like but like the thing for me is like throughout the whole movie he's like uh asking big questions and all the questions are like you know things like uh you know stuff like um what's the line um every living creature on earth oh, dies alone mm-hmm. you know th- things like that like the the um questioning your purpose mm-hmm. what is your future you know um and then also at the same time having all this bullshit around you like people trying to censor a book at school yeah uh, graham Gra- what's the what's the book it's like a graham uh, book. yeah yeah uh, and oh, uh mm-hmm. what was it i can't remember the name of the actress uh who plays uh is it kitty uh, oh yeah no i forgot uh yeah she's great beth, in that movie. beth grant is it yeah i think uh, so she she's excellent here she's really funny but also like so hateable yeah <laughs> um, yeah she but like very well. like representative of like you know conservative uh mm-hmm. forces and and like um also the idea of like people telling you that like life has to be this way and you have to think about things in this exact way Mm -hmm. and i all those things are in there and are things that people relate to and i think the movie is like really like about that or at least that's what it is to me and then all this other stuff you know the crazy stuff uh is like i don't know like flavor to it and like ways of expressing it like you can see like the you know the bit where the Sort of like, uh, I don't know, I'd describe like jelly jelly worms coming out of the chest. Yeah, they're uh, um, yeah, they're like tunnel like things, tunnels. Yeah, it's where they're supposed to go in this timeline. Right. Yeah, and and then of course, like in the director's cut, there's a section explaining exactly what they are. Yeah. Um, and then to me, I'm just like, oh well, you know, uh, Donnie is sat there like thinking about purpose and the fact that you know, uh, society puts you in certain roles and that mm-hmm. there's an idea of what you're supposed to do and then thinking yeah. of people going along things. And it's the, just the kind of thoughts you might start having when you get a bit older and start, like, thinking deeply about things. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, yeah, so people who are interested in that kind of thinking um, and maybe had that kind of thoughts as a teenager, like, I think that's, like... The movie to me you know that's yeah. uh that's like the funny thing is that like <laughs> um that's me going out of my way to like not talk about literally what's happening in it uh-huh. and it still t- took me that long to describe <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah so i don't i still don't think there's like a sentence that you know aside from yeah coming of age for yeah you know, weirdos yeah i mean i would agree too yeah it's like a coming of age uh angsty movie but it's like also about time travel where it's like uh someone uh gets stuck in a parallel reality and he has to fix it so that's how yeah. i'd like tell how my like my mom if she wanted to watch it and she was like i don't get it that's, how, that's what i yeah, would say I, yeah i guess like the putting the pressure on having to get it uh might be the that make the experience like less fun, you know. Yeah. To watch. Yeah. Or well, I don't know some stuff, you know. Don't need to explain. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's I, it's the same thing. Like I, uh, I love the way that Twin Peaks and Twin Peaks: The Return, 
like a very a lot of stuff is unexplained in that for instance but and i'm happy with that and that's Mm -hmm. the way i like it but on the other hand i have spent hours and hours and hours the last month up until 3 a.m reading like thousand (laughs) words of like theories that people have written on reddit you know and it's like both things can exist you can be like obsessive about like the what is really happening and then also like know that um you know the the themes might be like the thing that the movie's like really nailing yeah no definitely um yeah it's sometimes it's just vibes um but you know if you want it like explain you could read the book do you have do you have the book as well i'm just curious no i haven't no okay but you like know I think it. I, yeah i think i a long time ago uh like as a teenager like downloaded like a pdf oh, of okay. it or something from some somewhere and then like uh and then read a, a bunch of it there but it's been a long time so i'm not sure yeah I would like um, I, to get a copy, um, oh, but yeah. uh, but I don't know if it's like, is it, I'm assuming it's not like in print, so it's probably no. like kind of a collector's thing yeah, now. Yeah, I think you need to find it like on Amazon or like something, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like interesting, yeah, and explains stuff, but then uh, it also has a script. The script's interesting to read and how they're describing mm. stuff or how they're explaining concepts and everything, because it's like, I think in the commentary he talks about like kind of like trying to like, oh, explain stuff in the script. <laughs> Because this is like such a like weird, you know, uh, high concept movie, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, they have like an interview, uh, an interview, and he's talking about like how he made the movie or like when he was in like film school and stuff. And yeah, I don't know, he's interesting. Richard Kelly's like, uh, I guess we'll get into that. I like uh, listening to Richard Kelly because it's like he seems like a very like uh, interesting fellow, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I. I find him fascinating. I want him to make more stuff. Uh, yeah, he's had a, had a few things in like development hell. It seems yeah. like uh, so. Recently. Yeah, I guess we could talk about that too because it's like I'm not sure how familiar uh, you are with his like projects and stuff. Like, you okay, know, did... so I, I, t- I tell you what, like, mm-hmm. uh, love Donnie Darko. Saw the box in the cinema. Yeah, uh, uh, and hated it. Yeah, and everyone I was with thought it was terrible and laughed mm-hmm. at it watched it again mm-hmm. uh like a couple of years ago uh, i think during like lockdown okay and 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 love it now mm. and then then went and watched southland tales and i love southland tales so- southland I, tales is great i like southland tales a lot actually they're, they're very hard movies to recommend i feel like yeah they're one, very dense one percent one percent of the people i know will like it mm-hmm. <laughs> uh it's definitely like it's you know it, it it's I I don't know like maybe maybe they need to be like restrict he needs to be restrained a little bit a little bit yeah <laughs> but I because I uh, I think like Donnie Darko is like maybe like being a first time filmmaker and you know being forced to make cuts and stuff like that made right. the movie like into this very unique thing mm-hmm. um and. I don't know, like maybe I would like to see him under restraints again. But at yeah. the same time, like mm. there's so much interesting stuff in Southland Tales that I, it, yeah. I don't really want it another way. So it's yeah. like unfiltered say. Richard Kelly. Um I'll say I, I, I feel like you what you watch Southland Tales now, it feels like mm. you're seeing a prop a prophet talk about like the future, you know. Yeah. Uh I, I was gonna say I watched that uh Southland Tales for the first time during the I guess the weird period between uh, the election 
uh the last american election and then like the mm-hmm. inauguration um right and then there was also a uh half-assed like uh insurrection that happened in between <laughs> so it was like right. i think yeah that was the most uh timely movie t- to watch during that time so yeah uh i loved it i think it's like the most uh maybe like one of the most uh truthful movies about like politics and stuff so you know like mm-hmm. america and everything elections so that, yeah, that's also that, yeah mm-hmm. that's why i'd want to see him make another film because i'm like okay well you kind of summed up like the 2000s like yeah f- for me so i was like make another movie so i know what's going to be happening in like 2030 <laughs> yeah <laughs> because like he he's he's uh really good at like capturing like like a a time and like a mood mm-hmm. um and yeah i just want to see more of what he's got i i'm still like reeling though from him talking in the commentary about uh about like me him making a donny darker when he was 25 mm-hmm. um and saying him and Ke- kevin smith both like you know uh agreeing that you should you should make your your movie uh 25 and um and do it when you still have like energy and yeah. you know being down by the world and everything and i was like oh i don't need to hear this man yeah <laughs> i'm not 25 anymore oh yeah well you know it's just uh yeah uh making I love, movies I, mm-hmm. I just say i love richard kelly but i hope he's wrong about that <laughs> yeah i hope so too yeah um well you know when i'm i'm still doing movie stuff uh you know, I think you know. Uh, I still, I still, you know, have the energy. Just I get sleepy earlier, so I'll just <laughs> say that. At least in my experience, I get like really sleepy or have to take a nap. So yeah. Well, um, yeah. Uh, he another thing he says in this commentary is that like he would never do a sequel. Uh, oh, interesting. Okay, we'll we'll talk which, about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean yeah. they well they they did a sequel they didn't do a sequel with him yeah i think it's yeah technically the sequel s darko i've never watched it all the way through i don't think i have Uh, i have seen it oh wow i have seen it and i don't remember a lot about it (laughs) no Um, okay but it's funny because uh i think people who dislike donnie darko and think of it as like maybe like a bit like all surface you know uh like uh, and not making sense or something like that that's what estaco actually is you know it's mm. it's it's all like trying to be what donnie ducker was like with all the, the the imagery and weird things happening and like being it's like they're working backwards from like this had a cult success for because of these things so yeah let's just make a movie with a bunch of those things in it yeah was, and um mm-hmm. the one the one good thing i'll say about it is that uh i seem to remember let they cast the same actress. Yeah, that's right. Who played who the played sister. Samantha, the little sister, uh, now as uh, like you know in her older teens. I think that's an interesting idea, mm-hmm. uh, and I think if you're going to make a sequel to it, that's a cool place to start. Um, yeah, but that's a that's all. <laughs> the premise <laughs> the is alright. Yeah, yeah, that's not the, that's not the that's not the actual movie, which uh, yeah. is trash. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say it had a good logline at least. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, when you're talking about, like, you know, uh, trying to make a cult film backwards, that kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, you know, it's just something you can't do. Um, you know, worked on some B-movies or no B-movies. Because um, it reminds me of, like, uh, Birdemic 2, where it's like they were trying to make a bad movie. Have you ever seen, you seen yeah. Birdemic, right? I have not. I have not. Oh, okay. I, I, 
I have this like uh, I I worry about things like that. So if I'm like, if if something comes out and I'm like, is this is this was this intended to mm-hmm. look like something that's trying to be good that is actually bad? Yeah. But you actually intended it for it to be bad the whole time. Mm-hmm. I I'm a bit I'm a bit like skeptical of that. So I probably stay away from stuff that actually. I would, uh, you know, f- f- enjoy, but uh, yeah. So I have s- skipped on a few things. I think Birdemic was one of them. Well, Birdemic one is good, quote unquote, because mm-hmm. um, it's like you know this guy that's like trying to make a movie. It just happens to be bad, but it also happens to be really fucking funny and stupid, um, and nothing makes sense. That's, and that's that's a that's charm of absolutely, it. Absolutely, that's absolutely my kind of thing. I love that. Yeah, song. that's go- that's going on the list. Mm-hmm. Birdemic two it's- is is not so great because it's like you know a bunch of producers people with money got that guy back hired him um you know gave him the money make this movie but then they're also like fucking with them by not giving him like the resources or stuff to make it intentionally bad it's like no you just has to be you know has to be like bad you know you can't try to make it bad you can't like try to reverse engineer like how does this work it's like it just it just Mm -hmm. is uh yeah. yeah so I, I just like that but anyway that was kind of my point you know mm-hmm. gotta be authentic um which yeah, starco isn't the less said about yeah. that the better um because okay i was gonna mention before we go into uh his sequel uh unrealized richard kelly pro- uh, projects because it's like he wanted to make like a 3d horror film i believe that was one of his right. things right that never came to fruition that would have been mm-hmm. interesting and he wants to make a Rod Serling biopic, which I think is really cool. That's like Twilight the Zone. most amazing pair up in the world. I love yes. Rod Serling. I love Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. I love Richie Kelly. Mash those things together. Yeah, I think, you know, Twilight Zone, I think, is probably my favorite TV show. Um, thinking about all of them, it's great. It's very timely. Rod Serling and is the bo- actually... The- Box is based off a Twilight Zone episode, it's, right? That's that correct. One? It's uh, it's a script that's by it has like a story by one of the original writers of the Twilight Zone, which is like Richard uh, okay. Matheson. He's like one of the first three writers that Rod Serling because he wrote a lot of the original or the first couple seasons. He's like one of the writers where he's like, all right, you could come in too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he trusts them. So like, yeah, it's very, that's kind of the the through line there. But I think that would be cool. Like, you know, Brett Sterling has like an interesting backstory. He was in the war and, you know, he probably had, you know, post-traumatic stress. It seems like from that, you see a lot of that in his writing, only speculating. Mm-hmm respectfully but yeah i don't know i think that'd be cool and then yeah very, he's, mm-hmm. he's a, he was such a he was also as far as i'm aware like a really like progressive guy who was yeah. pushing for things that that mm-hmm. you know the the that movies and uh the tv industry like weren't like ready for you know he yeah was, was it he had the uh i think it was called like he had a nickname like the angry young man of hollywood or something yeah. like that he was like known for mm-hmm. like like getting in arguments about this kind of stuff and i'm like he just sounds like a badass really like, yeah uh, oh, yeah in the best way yeah no and yeah just really progressive especially for like the 60s you know mm-hmm. yeah love him yeah it's um he's great um but uh, i guess like recently richard kelly was talking kind of about a sequel i don't know like the context of because i don't know i don't have that script or whatever but like some sort of it's in the same world or sequel to 
Donnie Darko because it's like he seems from like interviews and stuff like he seemed very hurt that they made a sequel you know that you know when he was making this movie I think you know he wasn't as savvy so he you know gave away like the rights and stuff to the characters I think that's where he feels like a lot of like anger towards and then you know I think he's also like I think Kevin Smith you know says like he's kind of like Christopher Nolan or like Nolan-esque where it's like he's such a great filmmaker but like he just can't work in the system of like Hollywood or major studios which sucks Mm -hmm. you know because it's like I think he's pretty brilliant but yeah I don't know what would you want from like a sequel to this movie which is you know may or may not happen I don't know well um I mean first of all I don't really want a sequel (laughs) Mm -hmm. but if I was to get one I'd want it uh, written and directed by Richard Kelly. Yeah. And if yeah. I was to get a sequel to Donnie Darko, written and directed by Richard Kelly, yeah. I guess I'd want it to be in the same universe, but like very unrelated. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, like uh, maybe it's playing with the same concepts or something, but it um, is about an entirely different uh, cast of characters with um, entirely different like meanings and things he's trying to delve into if that's the case then that just sounds like another richard kelly film and i'm like yeah if it, well, if the way the only way he gets a movie made is if he like puts the word darko in it yeah. then it's like go ahead man like yeah. uh you know get get your budget and do some wild shit mm-hmm. donnie darkest <laughs> donnie darkest <laughs> you know what the, that, that's the i was watching like the uh one of the oh, features trailers. yeah the trailer the the, the dark darkest darko that's so dark. it's so not what the movie is yeah yeah (laughs) they try to like make it like a horror film trying to like you know promote it as such which you know would be a terrible terribly hard to promote i would imagine Mm -hmm. um but i was gonna say on that that idea the sequel yeah that'd be cool like something like uh i'm not sure if you played like life is strange those games i i haven't played i i played like the first chapter okay one uh, so so I, I i'm a i'm like familiar with the game but i haven't like played it all the way oh, through yeah yeah um so like the sequels they're in the same sort of world or town or like but like they're just different characters it's tangentially yeah. related so i'd like like something like that because it's like i've been really souring on sort of legacy sequels as of recent um i'm yeah. not sure if yeah yeah i'm not sure if you've seen like the latest exorcist which i liked but oh really you're the first person i've heard oh okay yeah no, (laughs) i haven't seen it yet yeah i liked it but it's like when it gets into like the legacy sort of like sequels or like kind of like lip service where it's like it brings back like ellen burstyn as like you know the character from the original and she's like interacting Mm -hmm. but like she doesn't really need to be there and then she's i'm not gonna spoil it but like she leaves the movie entirely she's just gone and then she doesn't come back till the very end which you know they bring another character back and it's like, what was the point of any of this? You know, I wouldn't want that in this sort of yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm similarly sick of that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I suppose it doesn't upset me so much anymore because I've gotten quite good at like compartmentalizing things. Like mm-hmm. when I watched the first Alien, despite liking a lot of stuff that happens in the sequels, when I watched the first Alien, I'm just thinking about Alien. You know, I'm not thinking about, uh, what the space jockey yeah, was actually geez. revealed to be or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. I still watch it and I'm still like, whoa, what the hell is that guy? I guess we'll never know. You mm-hmm. know, um so the idea of 
older movies being affected by newer movies by them bringing the character back and being like canonically you know toby Maguire, spider-man did have this thing happen to him and he was going across universes i i kind of have to like separate it myself and be like yeah. okay well that that isn't the same as you know th- this character i know from this movie i love yeah um but even with that like the legacy stuff is getting quite exhausting um yeah it's it feels like it, very and if, manufactured and if you, and i'm just imagining rolling my eyes if like the ending of a trailer to the sequel to a donnie darko film has like a pan up and you see like jake uh, like jay gyllenhaal uh uh-huh. and he's like wearing the he's wearing like the gray hoodie the and gray the hoodie. skeleton yeah. uh, outfit Ooh. you know and uh and everyone's like oh he's back and it's like what why though uh, <laughs> yeah so yeah i hope that doesn't happen i hope not but i hope i hope i'd be down for whatever he he makes you know as long as yeah. he's you know expressing uh himself as a as a writer and director like yeah his weirdo yeah yeah exactly um but yeah i guess just kind of like wrapping up here any any last thoughts on the movie or things you want to say or anything uh one i want to share like one like like tidbit that as a big fan you probably already know but i just think it's the most amazing thing do you know that the scene where they're showing evil dead Mm -hmm. in the uh uh in the cinema Mm -hmm. which by the way they uh two tickets for two dollars yeah. yeah even for like a halloween special or whatever, yeah it's insane. Um, yeah uh but but originally they uh they tried they tried to get the rights for chud chud yeah chud and then and then they could they couldn't find out who the rights holder was and then yeah. sam raimi let them do evil dead for free evil, yeah he's a yeah and just he's a, absolute mm-hmm. mensch <laughs> he's, a, he's a good guy i love sam raimi uh got a photo taken with him the other weekend can confirm oh, Sam Raimi's great. So cool. He's like a cool little grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, yeah, that's cool. I, yeah. Um, that was... I, I just, I think like, uh, just as a last thing to say that, like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like movies get made like this anymore. Like it's yeah. a very, like, it's like, it's a big movie for a small movie or a small mm-hmm. movie for a big movie. Yeah. It's, uh, I think like 4.5, million budget or something mm-hmm. um it i don't know if like stuff gets made like that based yeah. on such abstract ideas uh yeah i know or, it only mm-hmm. got i think it only got made because like drew barrymore got the script and was like i'm gonna f- throw myself behind this project but yeah still like uh, i think if uh if there aren't already enough reasons to to watch it or revisit it uh just seeing it as like a weird interesting movie that like while it wasn't like initially successful like had like a big impact that was just like of a very like it's just so unique you know yeah, um i'd agree so like I, I i definitely had a a period of time where i thought like m- maybe if i went back and watched it i wouldn't like it as much or maybe i should be embarrassed by no yeah liking it because it's like a uh like a pretentious film bro sort of thing mm-hmm. uh and then when i do revisit i'm just like no it's just it's just really good yeah <laughs> um and yeah. it's been a really nice thing to like return to and be like i still have this like 
strong affection for this movie yeah still holds up i mean you know i mean there's some you know some scenes i don't like as much or i don't find as funny like they're talking about like the smurfs like how do they reproduce and i'm like <laughs> i guess you know those are what we talked about in high school but like you that's a hundred percent a high school yeah conversation it's authentic yeah but the creator- there's a lot of there's a lot of great like fucking like little lines like that uh that i just i was writing down as i watched that i just loved like uh like him smoking a cigarette and going like that's some good shit and he goes yeah it's a fucking cigarette. It's, a, it's, a cigarette it's probably like what's or, the worst uh, like brand of cigarettes it's like i don't know melboros or something you know yeah and yeah. then like uh uh oh i have those two what kind of emotional problems does your dad have stab my mom <laughs> this is yeah 16 times in the chest of, there's all kinds of like great like lines and little bits of conversations yeah. throughout you know yeah no I, that's why i love it i was gonna say the smurfs thing the that mm. only got in because it's like the smurfs creator was like oh well that's that's true like what you're saying it's like that's how they produce <laughs> you know they were like they are asexual or whatever we'll think, that's amazing yeah. yeah or like on the venture uh, brothers was it like they lay eggs papa smurf has a beard <laughs> it's oh, that's mm-hmm. that's wild that he weighed in at any point on this. Yeah. Uh, same way, another what one last tidbit that I got from mm-hmm. the commentary is uh a hypnotized Donny saying about how uh he likes to think about fucking Christina Applegate. Yeah, yeah it's supposed to be and then, and then he um and then Richard Kelly meeting Christina Applegate in real life. And then the first thing she says is like, so you wanted to fuck me when you were a teenager, huh? <laughs> and him like completely like melting from embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> like she was just like fucking with him, uh, which I thought was great. Yeah. Oh, man. I think it was supposed to be originally Alyssa Milano, Sean, you mentioned. Ah, right. Yeah, that makes that sense. yeah. But Chris, Christine <laughs> Applegate works too. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's still a great movie. I still like it. Um, I try to revisit it every now and then, you know, um, it's not something like I rewatch all the time, but yeah, you know, try to like introduce a friend to it or stuff, you know, watch mm-hmm. it together. Still yeah. have yet to see it in a theater, but I'll try to. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, I think it will be like a really like special moment to see the the theater scene whilst you're in the theater. Yeah, or that um, theater. It's in uh, Santa Monica. They I, they played that movie before. Oh, cool! Like on Easter Sunday, so bunnies. Um, also, I guess Donnie is like Christ-like, so Jesus too. Uh, okay, I'll tell you what, when we're talking about like deep dives into fan uh-huh. and stuff, that's what that's yeah. where I lose interest. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like he's, re- you know, Jesus, or like Christ-like, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, great film. Uh, you know, could over-explain it or explain it not enough. It'll, but Or just watch it, just watch it, I would say. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I guess just wrapping up here, uh, thank you, Jack, being on. Um, Social media is really weird, but anything you want to like plug? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, I spend most of my time on Discord at the Discord, moment. Okay. So we we have a we have a, a podcast Discord, the Radioactive Spider Hole, which you yeah. can find on our other social medias, um, on Instagram mainly, uh, occasionally on Twitter on the podcast yeah. account, um, and oh, uh, yeah. Blue Sky, um. Just kind of like hedging the bets all over the place because yeah. Twitter is on fire. Yeah. Um, and sp- speaking of Twitter and Instagram, there's uh, No Context Spider Man, uh, which is an account where I run like posting like funny out of context Spider Man panels from like the 
history of the comics uh and that's I, on I, the twitter and the instagram ooh. as well so yeah i've sent some i sent a few yeah uh, no yeah comics. yeah so, some, <laughs> some great submissions from oh, Gene as thank well. you thank you <laughs> so many good panels out there but yeah no definitely follow that uh your podcast is great too that 90 spider oh yeah. yeah yeah i forgot to mention the actual podcast yeah yeah Go no, listen cool. to that. <laughs> yeah it's fun love that show um yeah uh you can find me on uh twitter instagram uh till last um or just falls off uh g9892 uh the waffle press at the waffle press podcast on instagram at the waffle press on twitter um we're on itunes youtube soundcon spotify um please like share subscribe uh thanks for listening thanks for watching we've been professionally unprofessional